We're joined by Thomas Mulcair, former leader of Her Majesty's Loyal Opposition and the NDP in Ottawa. Good to have you. Happy Monday, Thomas Mulcair. Good to be with you, John. Okay, so let's unpack a little bit from the Liberal Convention in Ottawa. Yeah. And actually, before we get to policy, I would just touch on Susan Delacorte has a column today where she opines that uh, Justin Trudeau is still very much in control of, of that party, and he means it when he says he's going to run again. He's very much in control of that party to the extent that nobody's going to be pushing him out the door. But I do know senior liberals who very discreetly say things like, you know, Justin, you've done so well. Maybe this third term should be viewed as your legacy mandate. We've got child care and you've got new health care agreements with the provinces. Heck, you've even got dental care for kids, you know. And so they're very deferential. But they also realized that there is a best before date. Trudeau on Friday, uh, Thursday, actually, before he left, he gave a very good speech, but you could tell he was reading everything off a teleprompter. His lines against Poiliev were very personal, uncharacteristic for Trudeau. I think that it's one of his qualities, that he doesn't stoop to personal politics very often, but he was definitely full, <laughs> full bore into the personal politics against Poiliev. And I'm not sure he carried it off very well. He didn't seem comfortable personalizing it, naming his adversary, because, of course, for Poiliev, there's a secret part to all of this. They're talking about me, and it actually works in his favor. But it shows the extent to which they're worried about Poiliev. They never had to attack Andrew Scheer personally. They never had to attack Aaron O'Toole personally. Now, not only Trudeau attacking him, they send in, you know, the, the good old boy, you know, they send in Chrétien, they've got everybody piling on. Heck, they had Hillary Clinton piling on. So I think that there is a lot of concern in the Liberal camp. Is Trudeau going to be pushed out? Nope. If he wants to run in the next election, he will. Is he going to be able to beat Poiliev? I think that he's starting to show nervousness, which is not characteristic of Justin Trudeau. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of policy issues, one of them being that apparently the budget will not balance itself. <laughs> How did you hear that? Now, you've obviously been doing some postgraduate studies here. Yes, that's a reference to the campaign that I ran against him in 2015. So Mr. Trudeau had promised, you will recall at the time, an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny deficit. And by the time the pandemic hit, he had already run up $100 billion in new deficit. Now the numbers are in the bajillions and nobody can even keep count anymore. Yeah. And actually... Almost ironically, that works out in his favor. People are just sort of going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a big number. What can we do about it? We had a pandemic. But the, the average thinking member of the Liberal Party says, well, we've actually got to go back to the voting public with something. And maybe saying that we have a horizon where we think we might be able to get back to something resembling a balanced budget. And uh, nah, they, they'll, they'll have nothing to do with it. No, no, we don't, we don't need that. Now, there is a bit of ideology involved in that because I referenced the 2015 campaign. Liberals have since convinced themselves that one of the reasons they were able to get past the NDP and, and what we were trying to do at the time, we had said we would have balanced budgets and Trudeau said no. And so they convinced themselves after that they had passed the NDP on the left, as if left-leaning parties, uh, have, as a matter of course, always like running up deficits. But liberals like running up deficits, and they've, they've proven that time and again. So I think that there's a bit of an odd message that's coming out of the liberal camp here. They think now that with regard to 
Poilievre's conservatives, they have to double down and say, no, no, you have to spend, you have to keep spending, you have to keep running deficits. Of course, Poilievre is going to have a more nuanced approach to that. So they think that they won on the left by pushing for bigger deficits. Now they figure they can win on the right by pushing for bigger deficits. A promise Justin Trudeau famously made was that 2015 was going to be the last election run under the current system. He never followed through on that. And apparently some people in the party are still grousing about it. With good reason, because we actually enumerated over 2,000 instances where Trudeau made and then repeated that promise. That It was just a leitmotif. It, you know, when he ran out of things to say at the end of a stock speech, he'd throw that in for good measure. And 2015 will be the last election under the unfair first-past-the-post system. What's the first-past-the-post system? It doesn't mean that you need more 50% plus one of the votes to win a riding, of course. It just means that you have to get more votes than anybody else. We had people got elected in 2015 with 20-some-odd percent of the vote because there was a perfect four or five-way split. Trudeau said he'd put an end to that, that it was unfair. What happened in the next two elections? Well, of course, he never followed through on that promise. And in 2019, he formed a minority government, but he was still, he had 100% of the power, even though he had uh, you know a minority government. And he did it with the first-past-the-post system, because nobody could get close to him, even though the Conservatives under Scheer got more votes, the Liberals got more seats. 2021, still no change. What happened? Trudeau forms a government. Aaron O'Toole got more votes, Trudeau got more seats. So the unfair system that he railed against in 2015 as they were trying to get back into power is something that he and everybody else in the Liberal Party realizes has given them government year after year after year. They're not going to change it. And it's cynical and it's not fair with the voting public, but at least this time around, they're not BSing anybody. They're just saying, no, we're not going to change this thing. So King Charles was officially crowned on Saturday and the, the uh, Canadian Mint is going to start rolling out coins with his image and he's going to be on the $20 bill. And I keep on saying that it, it's the moment it gets real like that. I mean, the Queen was this historic figure. Most of us were born after she rose to the throne. Now that it's her big-eared son who's going to appear on the $20 bill, I think some people are going to start grousing. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought it might have been an opportunity. We're not going to change the Constitution overnight. I mean, you and I both know, and because we've been through it, that changing yeah. the Constitution doesn't exactly you know, bring about serendipitous results. So what do you do? Well, you say that you can make some small steps. The Aussies have taken the king off their banknotes. I didn't think they would take I think it's pretty obvious he's going to be on coins to the extent that anybody actually keeps coins in their pockets anymore. So, yeah, sure, put Charles III on, on the coins, but keep him off the $20 bill as a way of saying, you know, we're moving slowly but surely towards becoming a real country that doesn't have the monarch from another country standing over us. So that's not going to happen this time around, maybe next time. What is interesting, though, is that on the weekend, Trudeau proposed a new crown. Now, uh, John Iveson, colleague over at the National Post, wrote a paper on this. I wrote a paper on this in the French press because they they were going after what they were calling religious symbols. So removing a cross, you know, because there were crosses on the existing crown, they're removing those and replacing them with snowflakes and, and maple leaves. But part of that crown also was the fleur-de-lis. Now, if you talk to people in heraldry, they'll tell you that the fleur-de-lis in and of itself, even though it's a symbol today of French-speaking North America, and it's very very common still in France, it was historically a representation of the cross, or seen as such. 
And so they're removing that. Now that is producing lively debate and articles here in La Belle Province because people are saying, hold on, you're saying that we're, we live in a multicultural country and there's, you know, he's no longer the defender of the faith. Canada removed that from the description of King Charles III. Okay, that's all a representation of the country that we are, very multicultural. But at the same time, do you start erasing history? And on the Quebec side and, and the Fran Francophone side in Canada, people are saying, hold on, why are you removing the fleur-de-lis? You know, like the, this, these flowers that are symbolic of that part of our, our heritage and, and our history. And so it's interesting because it's clear to people who've been observing it that Trudeau is trying to make sure that in where you are, in the greater Toronto area, where there is the greatest diversity of any big city in the world, frankly, people understand that there's no no longer a monarch who's a defender of the faith because there are so many faiths uh, to be defended. And this is a, a big sea change, fine. But at the same time, people are saying, did you have to remove part of our history, you know, and, and restate the case? I think that it's a fight that the liberals are hoping to have with the conservatives because these are symbolic fights, but the and they're for a small crowd. But if Indeed, as I suspect, in the greater Toronto area, a lot of people are saying, no, we like Trudeau's approach on this. Again, this is the Liberals knowing how to really firm up their side, and I think that this might work for them. So it's going to be fun to watch. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Great to talk to you. All the best. Thomas Mulcair is the former leader of the NDP in Ottawa.